Hey church family, we are kicking off a new series today. And I, can I just say, I have been so excited about this series. We've been actually praying about it at our prayer meetings on our Wednesday night gatherings. Uh, and we're calling the series Giant Slayer. Giant Slayer. And I, I want to give you a heads up. This is really a faith series. This is one of those breakthrough series. This is one of those miracle series. And I'm really believing and anticipating that I'm going to hear great stories about the giants that you have slain that has been killed in your world, in my world, in our world. And I believe it's going to be absolutely powerful. I want to hear about how God has moved in your life. And one of the ways we're going to do that is through this website. We've literally, that's how excited we are. We've literally gone out and created a whole new website called slaymygiant.com. Slaymygiant.com. You're going to go on that website and what you're going to find is some bonus materials, an introduction video. And also uh, there's going to be a list there of things that you're believing for. Maybe if you can just enter, this is the giant. Maybe you might be facing a giant of anxiety. Maybe you might be facing a giant of, of in the area of health. You might be facing a giant in the area of finances. And so I just want you to enter that so we can have, we can activate our leadership. We can activate our prayer teams. We can be praying for you. We're going to be praying for that on a Wednesday night. And even, even with that, if you have a testimony to share that's happened, please make sure you enter on that website. I think the most exciting part about that website is how many of you know that every now and then when you need to kill a giant, you need to get a gang. And so we've, we're doing this thing called gangs, which is really circles but we're just putting a spin on it called a giant slaying gang we've got circles activated and we want to encourage every person to join in on a circle because what's going to happen is there's going to be extra bonus materials that's going to be played as your circle comes together as your gang comes together and and together you're going to be praying and seeing the miraculous hand of god move in a powerful way i'm really believing 2020 a lot there's been a lot of memes going around on 2020 but here's my thing. My thing is God never wastes a moment. We might have wasted moments. We might have wasted time, but God never wastes a moment. And I'm believing that even as we come into the last three, four months of this year, that we're going to see some miracles as we enter into October in, in the next 30, 40 days. I believe that God's going to do some mirac miracles among us as we see some giants slay in our lives. And so I believe it's going to be such a powerful thing. As I talk about the word giant slayers, the first thing that comes into your mind is David and Goliath. David and Goliath. I mean, you, you, you just have to be in church 30 minutes long and you've probably heard the story of David and Goliath. And maybe you're like, I've never heard of David and Goliath. I'm like, what? Uh, but if that is the case, we have a little condensed version for you. Why don't you look to the screen on the story of David and Goliath? So, in case you missed it, here's the quick version. David was a shepherd. He brought his brother's lunch. He saw Goliath. Goliath scared everybody. David wasn't scared. He knew God was stronger. David fought Goliath. He used one stone. God helped him kill Goliath. The Israelites won. God's people were saved. And that's a part of God's story. 
There you go. That's the story of David and Goliath. You're like, I never knew I could watch cartoon in church. There you go. Everything's permissible at Downpour Church. Now, now, now here's the story. The story is literally, literally this young boy who took down a giant. I mean, three, four times his size. And, and it's such, a, such an incredible story. And I want you to think about your giant. I want you to think about your Goliath. Who is your Goliath? Your Goliath, your giant may be emotional. Your giant may be a health-related situation. Your giant may be a relational drama that you're dealing with. Your giant may be a financial situation that you're facing. It could be many, many things. Your giant, your giant may be uh, the fact that, you know, when it comes to the, your way of work, your career, it could be many, many things. But before we find the answers, I think a lot of times when it comes to facing the giants that we have in our lives, I think a lot of times we ask the wrong questions. And I want, I want to quickly look at this today. We're not going to be looking at the life of David or the story of David and Goliath, but I want to pull up one little scripture from the battle of David and Goliath. And I want to look at 1 Samuel 17 verse 25. This is what it says. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. Have you seen the giant? He comes out each day to defy Israel. So many times, even before God can give us answers, we start asking the wrong question. And let me tell you, one of the, one of the worst questions you can ask or you can say is, have you seen the giant? Or rather, have you seen my giant? Have you seen the problem I'm facing? Have you seen how big my giant is? Have you seen how loud my giant is? Have you seen how intimidating my giant is? Have you seen uh, you know, how, how problematic my giant is? And I, I've even been in, in Bible study groups where we have giant comparison shows. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that happened. Oh, that happened to you. Oh, oh, oh you, your uncle died. Well, my pet chihuahua got crushed by my uncle, who then got shot in the head by my auntie. I mean, it is like giant comparisons and tears coming. Then we're comparing who's crying the most. We're comparing who is praying. Like, it's like, why are we? And, and it's, it's right there. First Samuel 17. Have you seen how big the giant is? And I think so many times in our prayer meetings, so many times in our spiritual Bible studies, so many times in our friend coffee shop sessions at Starbucks, nothing intended to anybody living or dead, we, we compare giants. Do you know how bad my problem is? And I think that's the bad route to follow. I think the question we got to ask is, where did Goliath come from? Who created giants? I mean, where does giants come from? And so the title of my message is The Goal of a giant because if you know where a giant came from you will actually know the goal of a giant i'm going to read to you today one of the most controversial scriptures in the bible you have probably never heard a sermon on this particular text you might have read through it in your bible reading plan you might have skipped it over because it was an awkward scripture if you're a bible nerd you're going to have a picnic today don't get too excited. We're going to come back to planet Earth, Bible dirt. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. This is what it says. Then the people began to multiply on the earth, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh in the future. Their normal lifespans will be no more than 120 years. In those days and for some time after, giants 
giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Wow. That went down really quick, didn't it? It's sort of like, you know, like I was hanging out with my friend the other day. We were eating tacos. I felt generous. I gave him my portion too. And then all of a sudden, his uncle, who was a drug lord, gets shot in the left arm and he's left dead. And then he leaves him $4 million and my friend feels generous because I shared my tacos with him. So gives me one. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those crazy stories. Like that doesn't just happen. But you read Genesis 6, it's sort of like the people were growing. The women look beautiful and the sons of God just came out, checked them out. And the next thing you know, boom, bang, what's going on? And so let's break this down. So the first thing that happens is the Bible talks about sons of God, saw beautiful women, married them. They gave birth to giants and warriors. Now, even in that, you can actually find a lot of Greek mythology in it. I don't want to shake too many feathers, but you can find a lot of different beliefs in it. But I want to talk about different theological veins. And I'm using this only for the pure purpose of helping establish a principle or an understanding uh, today. There's one theological vein. The one theological vein is Adam had a few sons, Cain and Abel, we know, but Adam also had another son, Adam the first man. In Genesis chapter 1 to 3, you read about him. He has another, man, uh, another son called Seth, and Seth is actually referred to as the son of God. And so one theological vein is that Seth's sons did whatever they did, and that's what happened. That's one. There's many camps when it comes to this. There's another theological vein that probably I want to stress on more. It's sort of probably closer to where I sort of park my bus, if I can use that reference. And the second theological vein has got to do with the devil's previous job. If you don't know the devil's previous job, the devil was called Lucifer. He was actually an archangel in heaven. His first job was he was the worship leader in heaven. In fact, I have a 40 minute message on YouTube called The Origin of Worship. And I'd love for you to watch that message because I break that down in incredible depth about the devil and what happened and the warfare that happened and all sorts of things. And so the Bible also refers to the fact that when the devil got banished from heaven, that a portion of the angels joined in with the devil. And some theologians argue that it was these angels, former sons of God, who came and slept with the women. Now you're like, okay, that's crazy. That's perversive. Why did you have to share that with me this morning? The main reason they did this was because they knew there was a prophecy attached. Now in Genesis 3, the Bible talks about, I know we go in a bit deep, I promise I'm going to reverse out of this backyard very quick. Genesis chapter 3, uh, we read about how Adam and Eve fell and there's a moment in the Bible where God starts pronouncing curses. He starts saying, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what I... And there's a moment where God curses the serpent who was an embodiment of the devil. And in Genesis 3 verse 15, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between you, the devil and the lady, and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel so when the enemy heard these scriptures he knew that there was going to be a comeback he knew there was going to be a comeback so great that this comeback is going to crush him this comeback is going to defeat him this comeback is going to take any form of power that he think he has and in this script in this scripture we find the blueprint for the salvation story and from that given moment, the devil started searching and he started dispensing his forces to do whatever to dilute the human blood. 
In fact, he realized that there was going to be a seed. The Bible says there was a seed of a woman. So anytime a woman gave birth, he did not see that as a human. He saw that as seed of his destruction. And so he began to do so when Abel came along, he said, is that the seed? When Noah came along, is that the seed? When Joseph came along, is that the seed? When Moses came along, is that the seed? When David came along, that looks a lot like the seed. Until Jesus, the ultimate giant slayer, came up on the scene and there was no end to that. And now we know that we who are in Christ, we carry that same seed. And so what the devil did was he was trying to dispense his evil forces, literally, I know this is getting pretty intense, to destroy the bloodline of humanity because if he could contaminate the blood, the blood would not produce a seed that would become the end to his destruction. Now we know that Jesus came and he's put an end to it, but guess what? It's not just Jesus who's the carrier of the seed. You and I carry the seed. In fact, Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, it says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And as according to the promise. See, the reason why we have an enemy is because the enemy wants to destroy the seed right from the beginning in the book of Genesis. And he's still trying to destroy our seed. He's trying to destroy your seed. And we carry that same seed. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It is such a powerful thing. Now we come back to why are there giants? The main reason a giant exists is to destroy your seed. You're like, what does that mean? I, I don't know if you know this, but when Christ comes in you, you, you become immeasurably able to do all things that you were not able to do before. When Christ comes within you, you have access to promises that you have not earned. You have access to mercy, to grace, to giftings, to calling, to vision, to dreams that you never could have had. And all the devil wants is he wants to kill, steal and destroy. So I want to take time to talk about three things that giants do to take away the seed. Number one, the first thing that a giant does, I've sort of established this already, is dilute. He did that in Genesis where he intermingled with human beings. And that's what giants do. In fact, 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. See, the primary goal of a giant is to make you forget who you are. Make you forget the power that you have. You know, have you ever been hit by something that is so big? I've, this has happened to me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I shouldn't confess this, but I've had moments, even in, even in months gone or even a year ago or two years ago, where I've been hit by something so big that I've even forgotten to pray, that I've even forgotten to talk to God, that I sort of forgot God existed. Like I knew He was there in my head, but not in my heart. I was so, ca I was so carried away by the anxiety, by the pain. I was overwhelmed that I just carried it through my day. And I was just like, oh, I, I'm just so miserable. This is so horrible. This giant's so big. This giant's so mean. But that's what they do. They try to dilute the dream. They try to destroy the dream. And they try to take away from God what God has put within us. That's the first thing. The second thing that a giant does, it, it, he distracts you. He distracts us. Another thing that a giant does is he tries to distract us from the mission. Giants like to take territory. They're territorial in nature. They like to occupy spaces. You're like, yeah, I know, giants like a lot of land. I'm not talking about real estate. I'm talking about the real estate of your mind. 
I'm talking about he likes to take over your mind. He likes, in fact, these are the questions that the giant asks. The giant asks to itself, how much of your mind can I occupy? And how much of your mouth can I take over? How much of your, of your mind can I occupy? And how much of your mouth can I take over? That is so powerful. I want us to even do an inventory over the last seven days. How many giant thoughts did we have? And how many giant conversations that we have the more and here's the thing this is why the more you talk about this is what a giant is thinking the more you think and talk about me the more less you will think and talk about God the more you think and talk about all the spaces I'm occupying and how crazy I am how ginormous I am how overpowering I am how overwhelming I am the more you're undermining the power of God and for, for some of us, that giant might not be health, that giant not, might, might not be uh, financial. For some of us, it might be a career goal. I believe, even as I'm saying this, there are some that have been consumed by this career dream, that we've made this career dream so big that it's become our giant, and we are literally feeding that giant. Sometimes we are captivated by a giant. Sometimes we can be the hands that feed the giant. I want us to be taking an inventory. Are there areas in our lives? Is there an area in my life where I've been distracted from where God is taking me? Here's the third thing that a giant does. The third thing that a giant does is it divides. We're talking about the goals of a giant. We're talking about how a, a giant div, uh, takes, takes over a thing. And one of the things that a giant does is he, he divides. A giant specializes in dividing people. You know, I'm thinking about Moses, there's a story in the Bible where Moses is about to enter the promised land. In fact, Moses gets a word from God. The word from God is, I've given you the land. Go into the land. Not about battles, not about giants, not about fighting anybody, nothing at all. But literally the word is, I've given you the land. And so Moses goes to the, his, his leaders or his people or his, his team and he says, God's given us the land. Why don't we just host a courtesy tour? Literally a courtesy, just to sort of see, should we come through the back way? Should we go up through the mountain? Just to sort of find out the, ge the geography of what God's about. It's like sort of like you've been given a house. Let's say you bought a house, you've bought a home, and you're just going to have that last walkthrough just to make sure, you know, we're going to get the furniture, make sure if it fits. You're just there to take some measurements. Literally, he sends a bunch of boys to take some measurements before they're about to occupy this land. And you know what happens? He sends 12 men. Two of them come back, Joshua and Caleb we heard about last week with incredible faith with incredible uh, confidence with a sense of audaciousness in their soul 10 of them come back complaining and check out what it says numbers 13 verse 33 it says their report they're reporting about this land that God already bought for them we saw the Nephilim now we know who the Nephilim are we already studied about them Genesis 6 we saw the Nephilim there the giants there the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. And you know what happened? I mean, I can preach a whole message on that one text. But what happened was, literally, there was complete division in the camp. And you know, this was not just a division about, you know, they had an argument and, you know, let's talk about it tomorrow, let's talk about it next week. This division went on for 40 years. They were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. They were delayed. Their destiny was delayed by 40 years. In fact, it, it was sort of like they didn't even see the, I mean, think about it. 
10 people saw some random giant. It might have been a shadow of a little kid, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, and they delay the, the destiny of 3 million people. And I need to be careful as I say this. And I say this to our board. I say this to myself. I say this to Leah. I need to be very careful how I lead this church because if I think with low thinking, if all I'm thinking about is the giants around me, I'm going to delay your destiny. I'm going to delay our destiny. Think about the people in your world. Maybe you're a parent. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe you've got people that are looking to you for wisdom. Is there a giant that's telling you you can't do it? Is there a giant that's telling you it's not good enough? In fact, as I was preparing this sermon, I felt there were people that have not even seen it. Here's the thing, right? The people of Israel never even saw the giant. They heard about the giant. I believe there's someone watching. You've not even seen it. You've just heard reports about it. You've heard rumors of it and it's delayed you. I know of so many people that will never complete a course because they heard somebody say, you will never accomplish that. Nobody in your family ever got a degree. No one in your family ever finished school. Uh, you, do you know? Did you see their report card? Do you know if they were an ace? Like, we don't know. We just hear stuff, don't we? Nobody, uh, no businesses ever get success. And only, only 99% of businesses are, 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 are sort of fail. Only 1% is successful. When I started our church, I had pastors tell me only 10%. Of church plans work. I was like, yeah, praise God. We are, we are part of the 10%. We're part of that 10%. I want to encourage you today. And I want you to know that we have a giant slaying God. I want to break every lie of the enemy. I hear people that have echoes in their heart, giant statements that say, you will never finish school. You'll never start that business. Or here's another one. You'll never get married. You're going to die lonely. That disease, you're going to die of that disease. That, that cancer is never going to go. And I want to encourage you today. And I want you to know that same seed that the devil tried to stop. He tried to stop Joseph. He tried to stop Jacob. He tried to stop Daniel. He tried to stop David. He tried to stop all these people. He even tried to stop Jesus. But that same seed lives in you. And I want to prophesy over you that the same power that raised up Christ from the dead is in your body, is quickening your situation. And I declare in the name of Jesus that over this period, Father, over the next four or five weeks, that we would rise up to identify our giants, not just tolerate them, not just feed them, but to understand that this giant is in my life, not to just kill me, but to kill my assignment. And today I stand in the gap and I say, no, I say enough is enough. And I look to the face of that giant, not because you have, gi you have given me strength, but because I have your strength working inside of me. And Lord, I give you all the glory in your name. We pray. Amen.